Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We're in the middle of a series called Honest to God. We've been looking at the book of Psalms to see how we can offer up honest prayers to God to overcome our greatest challenges. So far, Pastor Nicole has examined praying through our pain and our fears. And today, we're joined by Pastor Daniel Brooker, who will dig into praying through our mistakes. What do we do when we find ourselves in a situation where we've screwed up so badly that we might not recover from it? How can we go to God and change the trajectory of our lives? That's what we'll discover today. So let's get going and continue our Honest to God series. Here's Pastor Daniel. I am excited to be able to come up here, have the privilege and the opportunity to speak this morning as we continue our series, as we're talking about Honest to God. That's what the series has been called. And we're talking about our prayer life. And Pastor Nicole, for the past couple weeks, has been discussing this topic, and we've been looking at it, our prayer life. And I think she even said that, hey, if you don't have a 2023 goal, then what could, here's a test for you today, all right? I love giving tests. What should your goal be then? Pray more, right? And if you do have a goal already for 2023, guess what? I'm pretty sure pray more could probably fit into that anyway, all right? So pray more is what we're talking about. How do we pray more and continue to be honest to God? And last week, we had this great uh, service where we talked about being honest to God with our fears, and today I get the opportunity to talk about being honest God in our prayer through mistakes and repentance. Now, I know for many of you in this room, you probably don't even need to hear this, right? We don't make mistakes. We don't, um, you can raise your hand if you don't make mistakes anymore. I'm going to dismiss you. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, we all do, right? At some point in our life, we all make mistakes. Some of them are small. I mean, we, we even make mistakes in texting the wrong person, okay? We text the wrong person, sometimes that happens. And I actually have some examples here of some mistakes that have been made that uh, we can maybe chuckle at together here. So check these out. So here's a mistake, right? Stop. No stopping at any time. I don't know about you, but I'm getting mixed signals, all right? What about this one? All right. Enjoy mouth popcorn you're watering. Quality control, maybe should catch the how. That, that's not maybe quite in the right order there. We got another one here. If you can't see what this is, that is French toast, but that is not syrup. Someone grabbed the soy sauce. That would be a mistake that would wake you up in the morning. All right. Here. This is one that I'd have to be careful of. All right. We buy used cars. That's not the right, but if you're trying to figure out what it is, that's not the right buy, okay? Not the right buy there. And this one. How many of you have ever found yourself in this moment? You hung the lights only to realize that the Christmas lights were backwards and now you can't plug it in and you have to redo it all. Wrong end. So these are just some funny uh, or more on the annoying side of mistakes. Now, the sermon is not going to be really about these mistakes, okay? But in our lives, there are times when we make mistakes that have larger consequences or more life-altering impacts. And so how do we pray through those? How do we pray through the mistakes that we make? How do we pray through and come to a position or a posture of repentance. And that's what we get to talk about today. And we're going to be looking at this through the Psalms 106, all right, through the Psalms at 106. And I want to read to you this first portion of that Psalms. 
and that will be also up on the screen. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord and fully declare his praise? Blessed are those who act justly, who always do what is right. Remember the Lord when you show favor to your people and come to my aid when you save them, that I may enjoy the prosperity of the chosen ones, that I may share in the joy of your nation and join your inheritance in giving praise. We have sinned even as our ancestors did, and we have done wrong and acted wickedly. Now, this writer here of the psalm gives us an example that we're going to kind of walk through today of how to pray through and incorporate repentance or mistakes into our prayer life. This psalm, they don't believe that King David wrote this psalm. This doesn't believe to be one that was written by King David. However, the writer still shows us the purpose of the worshiping the Lord for his patience and mercy towards him. So if I was going to give you steps here, step number one today, all right, step number one would be this. Remember who you are praying to. Remember who you are praying to. This author here starts off with, again, praise the Lord. We serve a God who is powerful, who is mighty, but yet gracious and merciful. And in our lives, this writer even said here, we have to remember this fact. He says, for he is good and his love endures forever. He said he is good and his love endures forever. So in our darkest moments, there are going to be times where we feel, right, that we are all alone or that what we have done is unforgivable. How, how do I come back from this? How, how do I take a step back after what I've done? Because I, just, I think it's maybe, maybe I've just gone too far this time. But that's not what we're reading here. We have to realize who we're praying to. It's not the case. His love endures forever for everyone, for all of us. And we need to glorify God. And in order to glorify God, this author then began to paint this picture of how those mercies, how that goodness of God tied into what he said his ancestors and the background of Israel's repeated disobedience. The Psalms, they believe that this was written probably sometime after the Babylonian captivity when the Jewish people were scattered and there was a remnant of people that began to come back to Israel. All right, so they have been scattered. They had fallen into corruption. They were in exile, but now they're beginning to come back. And he begins to identify with them saying, we, right, or my ancestors. And he begins that. And the rest of the Psalm is recounting these corruptions these kind of things that they did, the unbelief, the impatience, the jealousy, the idolatry, and rebellion. And so let's draw a picture here because I like pictures. All right? So for the next 40 verses, it's not even actually a picture. Don't worry. I'm not paying Pictionary here. All right? But for the next 40 verses, he begins to talk about this pattern of corruption. All right? And the cycle that then goes, because after corruption came compassion. And I'm trying to make sure that I don't make a mistake today and misspell any of these in front of all of you. But for 40 verses, he talks then, he begins off with God, you are good, you are great. And then he begins to recount for us to remember, for his people to remember that, hey, we fell into this corruption, but then the cycle began to have where God had compassion. 
So the Israelites had found themselves at times forgetting God's faithfulness, that they were unfaithful to him, that they built idols, that they didn't believe his promises, that they didn't refuse to enter the promised land. They adopted the sins in the culture of the uh, cultures of the people that they were taking over. But yet time and time again, God gave compassion. He would bring them up out of exile. He would have mercy on them. He would send something. And this cycle continued to go round and round and round. And he's showing us how Israel was caught in this cycle. And we want to learn in our prayer life, how do we, when we make mistakes, and maybe we won't call it corruption, but maybe when we make those mistakes or we need to find ourselves in a moment of repentance, how do we get this, accept this compassion, but can we at least part of the time Cut this off a little bit, right, before we go back into it. And that's why we're learning how to pray this. So we remember that, hey, even when I'm in this moment of corruption, even when I'm in my mistake, I have a God that I can pray to who is compassionate, is good, and his love endures forever. The second thing I would say, if we are looking to try and pray through our mistakes or pray through our repentance, is this, we have to honestly Repent to God. Honestly repent to God. How do we honestly repent to God? Well, our honest prayers will normally include grief or shame or guilt. King David is a great example of this. As you read the Psalms, as you read the other ones, he gives us this raw transparency before the Lord. In Psalms 41.4, it says, O Lord, I prayed, have mercy on me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. We have sinned even as our ancestors did. We have done wrong and acted wickedly. That's where we already read in the 106.6. I don't know. How many of you are familiar with sight and sound? Anyone familiar with sight and sound? It's, I'd like to describe it as pretty much it's the Christian Broadway, right? And my family, we had the opportunity this past year to go and see David in, at sight and sound. And it was amazing to take and really listen as they demonstrated, as they depict the raw repentance and transparency that David had in writing some of these psalms. That in his deepest and darkest of moments, a man after God's own heart, still making mistakes, was able to say, God, forgive me, for I have sinned. You see, our honest to God prayers have to have that language of regret, sorrow, remorse, or contrition, because it is the specific in the rawness that God wants. He doesn't want fake. He doesn't want impostures. You don't need to give anything that's not the truth. He wants it raw and specific. He even, Jesus kind of talked to his disciples about this, right? In the Lord's Prayer, he says, forgive us our sins, debts, offenses, crimes, guilt, shame. And implied there is this reality that, hey, we're going to mess up, right? I think we started off with that. We all agree we mess up, right? Daniel Brooker messes up. You mess up. We make mistakes. And at times we need to look and we go in for that mercy and healing to be made whole again. You see, we bring our shame and our guilt to God, not so that it's counted against us, but so that he can take it from us. Let me say it again. So we give it to God. We bring it to God, not so that we can have it counted against us, but so that he can take it from us. Too often, we come to the Lord and try to justify what we've done, when in reality, your justification doesn't justify, it's his blood and sacrifice that does. 
It's his blood and sacrifice that's done. I mean, he doesn't want us to come in these prayers. We have these moments where we come to God in prayer. God, I'm so sorry. But you should have seen what they did to me first. I'm just telling you right now. It actually makes sense, God. He doesn't want us to come and say, Lord, I did this because, or I had to. God, I had no other option, so I made this mistake. Or, God, it's really actually their fault. I, I have three children of my own, and I work in a school. I relate to this. Okay? You know, someone gets sent down to the office. It's all of a sudden, you want to know why I did what I did? I'm like, you hit somebody. No, 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 no. I have a good reason. I will tell you why I did whatever I did. I can't go into details. All right? But they begin pointing figures. They try to justify their mistakes. And we often find ourselves sometimes trying to do the same in our prayer life. Going, God, I know I made a mistake, but hear me out. They're worse. And the thing is, if we look at this, our prayers shouldn't look like that. We're not praying to give justification for our actions or reasons why we think we were right. We need to go into that raw, specific, God, heal me, I've sinned. For his forgiveness and mercy moves us from our own justification to his justified. Just as if I didn't do it. So we remove our justifications in our prayers. We stop and own up to our sin. I was wrong. And we then can realize the impact on God that this has. His holiness, his righteousness, his glory and splendor demand that we agree when we look at it, when we grieve the Holy Spirit. Romans says this, I have discovered the principle of life, and when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind, and this power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is determined by sin and death? Maybe we could stop there, and you guys be like, I, I can relate to that. But it doesn't stop there. It says, thank God, the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's just recap here before we move on. We remember who we're praying to. We remember where our salvation comes, where our repentance is going to. And then we are completely honest with God, saying, God, this is how I messed up. Will you forgive me? And if we continue with this honest-to-God prayers, then we realize that honest prayers of repentance change the trajectory of your life. At times, I'm sure Israel thought that they were changing the directory because they had seen God's compassion. But yet without a full repentance, there was times where that little bits and pieces of what was corrupt before had stayed within them and they began the cycle again. Honest prayers, repentance, or honest prayers of mistakes and repentance change the trajectory of your life. So when we pray and ask for forgiveness, we need to walk in a different direction. Romans 6 says this, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin, and how can we live in it any longer? Or didn't you know that all those who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. He gets done talking about this. He just talked about how merciful and how gracious our Lord Jesus is. Paul is talking about all these things about who Jesus is. And then he has to take a moment and say, hey, you know all that, but that doesn't give us the ability to keep on going the direction that we're going. His exact words were, by no means, which if you looked at it in that time and you looked at the Hebrew, that was a pretty firm statement of by no means should we keep on doing it. Yes, grace is multiplied. You and I get to stand here today in a sense of grace, in a sense of mercy, for the forgiveness of the mistakes that we've made. But repentance includes a change of our mind. We turn from that sin, that cause of death, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we accept that we have the ability to do that because of that resurrection. Because of that resurrection, we get to do that. We get to stand up here and say, you know what? I don't want to lust anymore. I don't want to talk prideful anymore. I don't want to gossip anymore. You know what? Those family diseases or those family things that have been for generations, that's not me because of who Jesus is and his power. We get to say that. Now, what I'm not saying is that will you ever struggle? Will will you never struggle again? No. I'm not saying that. That We have a fallen nature, a flesh in a fallen world, and the struggle is real. And that's where we can sit here today probably thinking, wow, I still struggle. And, and don't let that guilt. But the key is how do we apply the victory of Christ to those still fallen parts of our lives? I, I like to think of this. If you don't know this about me, I'm actually a history buff. My, I actually have a history degree. I love history, and I love looking back at that. And in 207 B.C., the Second Punic War was going on. I may have just lost, like, half the room with this. All right, he's like, I failed history. I'm done. No, stick with me, all right? The Roman Empire was pinned down in southern Italy by a guy you might recognize the name Hannibal, all right? Now, Hannibal was ruthless, and he was down there in southern Italy and had him pinned down. Now, Hannibal's troops, though, at this point were beginning to diminish. Their supplies were beginning to diminish, and so he sent his brother to enter from northern Italy. And this is where the Romans did something extremely risky. They abandoned Hannibal in that spot and went up and attacked the brother up north. At that point, they defeated the brother outside of Rome. And at that point, historians look and they say that was the end of the Punic Wars. However, for years to come, little bands and little protests of battles still were fought across the country and across the empire. In many ways, this is our life. The war has been won because of the victory of Jesus Christ. However, we still have battles that will come. We still have battles that will come, and that power of the victory needs applied to those battles. You see, the power to do something new in your life is after being soaked in the power of what has already been done. That is resurrection power. The power to do something new in your life is already there after being soaked in the power of what has already been done. We are not meant to live 
slightly improved lives. We're not meant to just do a new leaf, but as the psalmist said, a new life. It's not about resolutions, but about resurrection. So slightly improved life is not how God wants us to keep ending up in this cycle here. And when we pray these honest prayers of repentance, we end up back where we started. Not in this cycle, but in a good way. The Psalm 106, the writer ends back where he started praising God and appreciating him. It says this in Psalms 106, 47 through 48. Save us, our Lord, our God, and gather us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. From everlasting to everlasting, let all the people say amen. Praise the Lord. Appreciation equals gratitude. It if we're not thankful for the compassion, for the kindness, for the deliverance, then we need to take a second and remember what we're thankful for. We need to say, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. I come to you in that raw, that specific mistake that I made, but God, I know you are better. I know you are greater. We sing songs about it, but do we let it sink in and say, God, thank you truly for your love, compassion, and generosity you see when we pray through our mistakes we remember who we're praying to we get raw we get specific we own up to it we say God I know this is a mistake because your word says it is and then from there we go God I thank you again because I know that you will forgive me for that so change me change the trajectory of my life don't go through the motions or become desensitized to the grace of God. Because sometimes we think of grace as the word and we forget that grace has a face, that grace is a person. Jesus is his name. And we don't want to let sin that so easily entangles us weigh us down. And so we throw it off and we get moving forward again. We're forgiven and we walk in a new way, in a new life. Today, as we close, we're going to sing a song together, and it's, I felt like it was very appropriate for today. It's called Worthy. And if you listen to the verse here, it says this, And now my shame is gone. I stand amazed in your love undeniable. Your grace goes on and on. I will sing of your goodness forevermore. Today, as we sing this and as we end here, I want you to think about these three questions. Where have you missed the mark? Inwardly, outwardly, thoughts, words, actions, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, greed. Listen, each and every one of us might be in a different place, in a different position, but if you have something that you need to stand up and say, God, make this right. I've made this mistake. Ask that question, that tough question today. And take responsibility. When was the last time we took responsibility for what we have done? And do it like I said. Give it to the Lord then. Not to be counted against you, but to be counted into what he is going to take from us. And when we do that, how will we express thanks to God for his generous mercy and forgiveness?
Let's pray together before we go into this. God, we stand here. We pray and we, God, we know that at times we make mistakes. But today I just want to speak to you, Lord, and say thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. God, the shame, the guilt, the things that I have in my life, we give it to you now. Take it from us. God, I pray today that we would walk in a new direction, that our mistakes would not be mistakes that we would hide or mistakes that we would kind of continue to just flow in, but we would realize by, the, by your power and by your blood, God, we get to have a new life in a new direction. So let us be humble enough to admit and to fess up and go, God, I need you. I need your grace. God, we love you, and we sing, you are worthy of it all. We love you, Jesus. Amen.
as your glory fills this place you alone deserve our praise you're the name above all names be exalted now in the heavens as your glory fills this place you alone deserve our praise you're the name above all names be exalted now in the heavens listening to the eerie first podcast we'd love it if you would give us a rating and a review on your podcast app and subscribe so you never miss a message you can follow eerie first on facebook or instagram or visit eeriefirst.org for all our latest news announcements and information thanks again for joining us we'll see you next time